tip. Good afternoon. It is June 2nd, 2021. You're listening to a little column A, a little column B. Hosted by Willie Nielsen, co-hosted by Zach Fisher. How are you doing today, buddy? What is going on, Will? I'm, I'm freaking out a little bit. Do you have eyes on Coach Bill Belichick? <laughs> There, do you have a Google alert? What, what are we doing here? What, what needs to happen? Uh, I, very close to panicking. I think you're in crisis, and it's it's justified crisis right now. You don't think they could have spread this news out a little bit? Like, the seasons don't start for months, and they had to let you know right now that your life's about to change a whole lot in a lot of different ways. What news do you want to start with first? Like, what what's the big change you think is the urgent opening topic right now? Because you have quite a few uh, changes in your life coming. Well, with all this news coming out within uh, two hours, I say let's uh, let's start with the, the the bigger news, which I'm going to say is uh, Coach K announced today that he is retiring after this season. End of an era. It's it's a real adjustment. It's it's never going to be the same. We will never have as many coaches dominate and have these historic runs as as much as we've had right now. I don't think we're going to have a Roy Williams, Coach K, Jim Beheim. I, I mean, I even throw Calipari in there to some degree. I don't think yeah, it's he's ever, all famer. I don't think it's ever going to be like that again. Like this is this is what we this is why we need to kind of appreciate this that this is probably not going to happen again. He's coached for forty six years. Uh, he started at Duke in uh, before the nineteen eighty eighty one season. So just <laughs> so many so many decades. Uh, the most uh, winningest. Uh, college basketball coach uh, tied for second behind John Wooden for national champions, national championships. It's I, I, I understand how time works. He's 74 years old. This was bound to happen sooner or later, but it still came as a shock today. And I think I was just, I thought, I thought I'd have more time. I thought it would be, <laughs> he's going to retire in four years. Like I was, there's going to be like a long countdown, but he has said that he isn't looking to do uh, a farewell tour, but he, on the flip side has come out and said, he didn't think that he was being real honest with future recruits. You know, he couldn't, he couldn't be half foot in half foot out. So had to announce it a year ahead of time. Uh, All the recruits for this year are are pretty well locked in at this point. Uh, I don't think that Duke has any recruits signed for the, following season so this gives them plenty of time no one no one signed thinking coach k is going to be the coach and now you're finding out uh, he, he won't be so just everyone kind of go in making up their mind as they would uh as they would like to do, do we have a successor lined up because this sounds calculated it sounds like something you could have somewhat planned for especially at this age somebody who's very good at planning is is there a successor who's up next the they're calling it the coach in waiting is going to be john shire and he's already he's an assistant right now. What's his? He he he's a, he's an assistant right now. He when I, when I read earlier was the lead recruiter for Jason Tatum and for Zion Williamson. I, I think we've we've heard of those guys. They they're they're relevant. Just... And from what I know of college basketball and the recruiting process is it's a lot of the assistants that go out. I'm going to call it boots on the ground get the process started if you will and it's more of the head coach comes in as like the closer so it's not like any of the players coming in this year or the following years haven't already begun to develop a relationship with Shire and the rest of the 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 coaching staff so I I think it definitely takes a hit because it's you got coach K been a a hall of fame for a long time already read off his accolades how long he's been doing it for obviously been recruiting recruiting this long and coached the 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 men's uh, Olympic team multiple times. So, oh, you want to hear a LeBron James story? Oh, here you go. Like it just has these ready to go. He's that's that's funny you mentioned LeBron. Obviously, Coach K was uh, an Olympic coach as well and heavily involved in all of that. I always thought it was really funny when when Ryan Rosilla was like the the sooner you bring up the Olympics on like your NBA or basketball resume, like the the worst player you were. It's like you just named a whole bunch of stuff on Coach K and then like 10 things under the bottom and maybe you get to the Olympics. But yeah, that's that's a big deal too. I I still think it should matter. It's 
there's a reason we picked him. You you have to have certain qualifications to deal with the players that we're sending to the Olympics. I mean, that's a lot of talent. That's a lot of egos. That's a lot. That's just a lot to handle. And he's handled his whole career pretty gracefully, I would say. Is is there one moment that sticks out? Like, what is the historic Coach K moment? Like, what is the highlight we're going to rerun 20 years down the road now? Hmm. It's harder with coaches, right? Like I, I uh, with, with Bayheim, I I feel like the jacket off is that like that's yeah that's mem- that's memorable. I don't think that'll ever go away. That's a competitive spirit. It, it's it really sums up everything about Syracuse very quickly. <laughs> I mean, it's it's hard it's hard to say because it, it's easy to say after one of the the national championships, but it, it's a it, with a player there could be a signature moment and. It's it's a jump shot. It's it's a foul shot. It's a defensive stop. Uh, you have the, the 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 Bosch rebound to the Ray Allen shot. Like you can d- define it a little bit more than they won a national championship and he's celebrating with his with the, with his other coaches and celebrating with his players. Uh, I was lucky enough. I was at the uh, at the game where he won his one thousandth uh, game. So that that was cool. Um. It's it's hard with coaches. It, There's not like one historic play or replay of something that, that I think it's more the just the, the longevity of just year after year of just so so much success. Like do you, do you think that his uh win total is do you think that is unobtainable is going to last a long time or you think like someone one of the, the younger guys coming up right now will, will 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 pass it i think any of the records or the rankings between like these four original kind of guys i'd say of coach k Bayheim, roy williams am i missing anyone maybe bill self I, and roy williams just retired uh this this offseason i don't think we're ever going to see a longevity like this i think everybody is too excited to, with the turnover of all these coaches and the turnover of just saying well you had a, you had two rough seasons in a row. Why don't we let someone else take a shot at it? I, I don't think we're ever going to see that. I, I also I don't know how much I don't know how dominant these schools are that more in in the recruiting process. Like, are you really only going here for this, or is it getting to the point where it's like I'm good enough, I can go wherever I want, and we'll make it work here? Like there was there was weight with the names of all these coaches. There was weight with the kind of the historic just accolades of everything. It, it's there's a whole history. And I, and I wonder, what what's are you panicking a little bit? Like, what's the future once you pull this thing out? Is it still the same thing? It it, it feels completely changed right now. There there is a little bit of concern more than just you lose a great coach. Who who comes next? It's like he's been there for forty years, and before that, Duke did not have anywhere near the success they've had they've had under Coach K. So where other programs, it's like they've they've had success beforehand, and it's been multiple coaches over even even a longer longer time span. So what is bringing these kids in uh, over forty years? Like that's a long time. Even if you weren't good in uh, you know, the sixties and seventies, I'm not sure if kids today are looking at that. It's who else played there? Oh, Zion played there. I know Zion. And I think Duke and really the, the other blue bloods are in the position that as soon as this name, uh, image, and likeness, I, NCAA rule slash law that is going to be put into uh, into place, they they will be in a prime situation to take full advantage of it. Uh, I'm going to say so. Hey, we have this whole group that will help you maximize. You, you know, what, like, what is your goal? Are you looking to get as many people to know about you as possible? Which I think they're kind of already doing now a little bit. Or it's like, are you looking to make the most amount of money? Are you looking to set yourself up for the most amount of money at the next level? I, I think that they're going to have the connections and it might be more, hey, how can you help me basketball adjacent than necessarily basketball on the court? All right, put on your tinfoil hat. Conspiracy time. Okay. Was Coach K actually fired after really struggling over the past two seasons? <laughs> he struggled, or the team struggled last year. All right, well, your one, laugh, I think, answers it. I'm glad, I, you know, I really get a laugh out of you that much. So that I, the podcasters, <laughs> listeners, 
Enjoy that one. That's that, we're gonna play that sound bite. I'm every time I have a bad joke, I'm just gonna play that laugh again. Yeah, one one year, and before that was the '94. Uh, I think it was the '94 '95 season. So if you're missing the tournament once every two decades or so, and there's some national championships thrown in uh, in between. Yeah, I'm. Uh, I'm thinking it wasn't that he was uh, that he was fired. I think that it was very much that he's 74. You're just you're getting old, and you want to kind of do some other things, give some other people some some opportunities. I've seen some uh, rumors that it's because of the name, image, image, and likeness, but I don't take too much stock into that. I know they're kind of saying the same thing with Roy Williams, thinking that this is going to change everything and the transfers. But Coach K has been around for a long time. I think. If this had happened 10 years earlier, he wouldn't have said, oh, this is too hard. I'm not going to do it. He would have said, okay, you know what? We're not looking for guys that are necessarily going to stay all four years. We're looking for the best players, and the best players are only staying one year. So we need to uh, change our model up. And that that's what he did. I, I can't even imagine what the seniority ladder would be of the guy that's got to go fire Coach K. Like, who's there? That guy doesn't exist. There's no one higher on the ladder. <laughs> Right. Yeah. He's yeah. He's he's the top of the top guy at the school. I, I feel like they would knock on his door and be like, hey, can I come in and be like, no, I'm in a meeting. He'd be like, well, OK. And then they'd come back later and then fire him. And that, then like they would they wouldn't even have the, 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 the strength to even get through that. <laughs> uh, no, there's no way you can fire these guys. But you were saying these uh, the, the longevity. I think the best case scenario for me is John Shire comes in won a national championship under coach K in uh, 2010. So really not long ago, he's only 33 years old. So best case scenario is now he coaches for 40 years. Super successful. We both know that's not going to happen. I, I, I said, how this many, would be the best case scenario. Will it's not going to happen. There's no way it's never going to happen again. There's never going to be coaches that are there for that long. They either they won't want to be there that long or something will happen or someone will screw it up or, or the program will change or someone will offer them more money somewhere else or other opportunities will come. I mean, the future of college basketball, like you said, is is also going to change a lot going forward. I, I don't know if it's going to be the same coaching job as it was when Coach K started. It obviously isn't the same now. No. But speaking of big change, are, are we ready to move on to the – I don't even know if this is crisis right now. It was just they this decision in Boston. We just lose last night, and then less than what twelve hours after the loss. So I assume this decision had been discussed and maybe decided upon prior to last yeah, night's game, w- right? Like, there's no way they made the decision it, 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 it overnight. Yeah. It had to have been. Yeah, it, yeah, it, it was already done. So knowing that a little bit, and, and the big news is that Brad Stevens is going to be taking over. Danny Ainge's GM job and will no longer be coaching and Danny Ainge is going to what I assume retire he said he's stepping away but I can't imagine him picking up a job anywhere else I, Danny, Danny's been doing this for a while and there's so many nice things I think we could say about all of them I, there's just st- trade story after trade story of Danny Ainge I think those will remain legendary even if the success doesn't tr- quite translate I think if you were to look at the history of all of Danny Ainge's moves you would say, that makes sense. I would have done that knowing everything that we knew at the time. That makes sense. We should have done that, and we did do that. Even if it didn't work or work out in the long run, it still felt like there were a lot of really good decisions by Danny. And this feels a little bit like a panic move. I think that's the most shocking thing about it. I'm I'm worried that we're panicking right now. Are you? The the way that, it, that I found out all of the news... And remember, we're doing this a little backwards on how chronologically this happened. Oh, we just lost Zach. We'll, we'll hear the rest of that story coming up. But big news over there. I, I You got to wonder if, if they knew this going into this season and if Brad Stevens was essentially... I mean, it's hard not to think that maybe Brad Stevens wasn't tanking this year, knowing if this job was an option, or is this just the only move Boston really could have made, just being, just having a struggling season? And then, you know what the thing is? I don't think it's either of those guys' fault. Do you? Like, do you feel like it was? No. Uh, it should have been responsible for. No, like, and it was so many, so many little 
little news announcements today where it started off where Danny Ainge is considering not coming back. Okay. Last year was the pandemic. This year, I think from everyone is like not real fun. Can't quite put my finger on why, but not a not 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 a real fun season to be a part of. So okay, whatever. Not not the best season, and not the best service today. But we'll we'll, we'll keep getting them on here. I don't. <laughs> Go ahead, continue, Zach. Uh, it, it looks like Danny's for sure not coming back, and then I'm seeing he's retiring, and then I'm seeing that no, he's he might take another job. So it's like, well, what what is happening here? And then it find I hear Brad's going to be taking the GM roles, and I did not like that. I feel like that I think it's worked for Pop, but I don't think it's worked anywhere else of having the coach and the GM be the same person. I think that there's a reason that there is a coach and there's a GM, two positions for two different people. But when I found when I was hearing that, I, I, that's when I was getting real nervous. Because I just think when you're a player, you have to interact with the coach daily, and the coach needs to be worried kind of about like that season, a little bit next season, you know, real day to day. Where the GM has to be concerned about longer term, the next four years, like the next decade. And I think it's hard to juggle both of them as well as a player has to be concerned. If I get into it with my coach. Is it just with my coach or am I getting into it with a GM who has the possibility to send me out of town? Yeah, I, I would even flip the script on that of you. If you're a GM, you have to make decisions based on almost a business only mind. I think as a coach, there's an emotional aspect of it. of you trying to get something out of everyone. And I think you are going to have those ups and downs. You are going to have to criticize and be critical and vice versa, both ways there versus with the GM. It's like, we're, they're chess pieces. They're not even real people. I feel like when you're making it, when I mean, you're making these moves happen, I that it seems impossible to do both. I, I'm amazed by the amount of people that have. We've seen multiple people struggle in the past. I think Doc Rivers is the most recent example, and and I think a lot of people would support Doc Rivers too. They they would maybe even run back and do it again. But it's a it's just too much. And there's plenty I, I, of- I, I, don't, I don't think it has anything to do with a with a competency. I can understand why you'd like the allure of it of, okay, I'm going to be control in control of everything. Like what happens on the court, I'm going to be control of who I get to put on the court. But I think it's, it's just too much for one person. So I, 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 and then I, I agree before it's like, there's so many moving pieces here. Like where do we like start? And I'm kind of all over the place, but agree with what you said uh, about Danny, that I think he did a great job. Uh, since he's been the uh, the GM, I think we've missed the the playoffs. I think it was three times over uh, uh, a pretty long span. We won a won a championship. I think we were hoping to win more. There's always the jokes like he was you know about to make this big move, but I think a lot of that is other teams also putting out there. There's a lot of false information, and I think to be successful for this long, it, it's difficult. You see, you see other teams that you you have your your ups and your downs, and we didn't have nearly as many downs as we had as we had ups. And I I agree with you that looking back, you could go, oh no, why would you have traded for Kyrie? That was dumb. That that was terrible. But it's like, well, if we didn't make that trade, now we have Isaiah Thomas who is hurt, and well, that's not going to work either. And you get Gordon Hayward, he breaks his ankle in the first quarter of the first game. That has nothing to do that. That's the, the the whole. You have to look at like the process over the results. Is okay. Would we like to be more successful? Sure, but some things like that. That is just act of God stuff. That is just you were just unlucky. That is just part of sports. I was definitely not at all this year. In the we got to fire Danny Camp. I've been. Yep, we had the the war chest. Now that is no longer here anymore. And I've seen people put online. You know, the, the Twitter people, oh, well, what do you even have to show for it? We have Jason Tatum and Jalen Brown, like two young all-stars. Like, that's where you want to be. Like, you could figure it out from around there. We, we uh, talked, for sure, we would like... We talked just yesterday. If you if you could were any of the other teams in the league and you could have these two guys, are you taking these two guys over what you have right now? And we said probably over half the teams would gladly trade places with us. And there's obviously and, a select few that wouldn't. And those select few are not far off. I, I, I think if they could, if they were in our situation, they would love to have ended up what we ended up with. 
Also, I just want to add in, I know we only have the one championship, but if you take out the KG injury in 09, we're probably right there. We get there with Big Baby almost. And and then the next year, if we go seven games with the Lakers, like I know there's It's a coin flip. It's it's a it's a coin flip. And Perkins is hurt in that one too. And I'd like to think if he was playing in that one, because that that like that game seven, I'll be honest, neither of those teams won. That's an ugly game seven. That really could have gone well, either exactly. way. So like that that's as close as I think you can come without actually winning it. It, so those are three years right there. Also, you said we've only missed the playoffs a handful of times. Well, how many of those years were we supposed to make the playoffs? Because I'd like to think over half of them was, yeah, I don't know, it doesn't look good this year. We, we, we probably shouldn't even be close. And somehow we got in. Somehow we, we got better. Somehow we were always getting better. It always felt like there was felt like we were rebuilding for like six months, and then suddenly it was over. I, I think that's what uh, kind of <laughs> – I don't know if hurt the process is, is quite right, but it was, okay, like we're going to build up gradually. And then we made some moves and Brad got the guys uh, out there overperforming, really putting guys uh, in successful situations. And it was like, well, well, we're, uh, we, we weren't supposed to make the playoff. We're, we're like top in the East. How, how is this happening? This was not supposed to happen. So I, yeah, I think that's on, you got to give some of the, some of the credit to, to, to management but I was looking at after this happens of uh, okay, Danny's stepping down, Brad's gonna take his spot, there's gonna be a new coach, and wondering how long has this been kind of rumbling for us? That Brad has been kind of getting tired of the coaching with the bubble last year coming into this year, with it just being weird. It's like, man, he's like not that old of a guy. If this is the grind that's getting him down, I, I don't think a GM is like uh, easier position but just made me think well hold on if management wasn't happy well this could have been contributing to why the players weren't happy it's like if you go into work and the bosses aren't happy like, that's not going to help you be happy and wondering is that was that contributing to what was happening on the court it look if brad didn't want to coach anymore or if he knew a gm job at an organization that he was obviously super familiar with was suddenly going to become available like I, I wonder, what if we were better this year? Are we having this conversation right now? Like that's really what it boils down to. If we advance out of the first round, say we're say we're a four or five, we beat Atlanta or the Knicks. Say say we're there, or maybe we even go seven games with Miami, and and just edge them out. Are like are we are we keeping Danny next year? Like I I feel like we're reacting to just a struggled season that was really doomed from the get go. Just a variety of things just didn't go our way the whole season. And now we're making. We had the we had the most. And now we're going full, full change, big time change. Man, we lose them again. It's it's going to be different in Boston. I I just wonder. I know we were talking so highly of Brad Stevens early on, and how awesome of a coach he was. I wonder if we're going to be as critical of him now as a GM as we were as a coach, or were we give him a longer leash? Like, it's, it's weird. I feel like coming in, we were so unsure of what Brad Stevens was going to be. He'd coached in college and, and had a lot of success, but it wasn't, it wasn't the same. Like, is it fair to say, like, is Brad Stevens qualified for this job? Like, is that unfair to say? Um, I mean, it's, <laughs> <laughs> we were talking earlier. Like, how does Mike Zarin feel about this? He's been a lifelong lifelong Celtics fan from all the things I've heard, like a real smart guy. He's been the vice president of basketball operations. And we just kind of always assumed like he was either going to take Danny's job or another team was going to steal him away. And I don't know if maybe he was cool and saying like, you know, what, I'm not quite ready, but sure seems like Brad's a young guy. And like, is he going, what? in the world was this this is not how this was supposed to go i don't know it'll be fascinating you know you got to make a first move too you have to let you got to set the tone in some way and that'll either be re-signing someone moving somebody or or, or who knows I, I i don't know maybe we do draft aid stuff I, it's it, it's gonna be interesting now we do have a coaching vacancy right now and it's hard to even speculate who it's gonna be but i 
I don't have like my eye on a coach right now to be like, oh man, what, now we can finally get him. Like who? Like is there a sexy pick out there right now? Like does anybody come to mind? Uh, just just before we get to get, get to that part, I just wanted to comment on what you said about Brad making making like he's got to make a make a move right away. I think that's the worst thing you can do. I think it's almost like the new owners like syndrome. I think Bill Simmons talks about of. You don't want to do something just to do something right off the bat. Like that, I don't think that's going to be very successful. But I do think we are in a very difficult situation right now. We pretty much can only bring back the team we had this year. Like we could like only sign Fournier, and I think he probably knows that. So it's a matter of how many years we sign him. We still got Kemba for two more years at increasing prices. So I don't think there's a lot of moves to be made. So I think that we have to give him some time the same way he got that long contract when he started uh, coaching of just like, Hey, I think it was a seven year. And everyone was like, Whoa, that's a long time. He's like, Hey, we're committed to you. We are going to ride this out together. We're, this is not something you have to figure out in a year or two. So I think that we're going to have to really let this, uh, let this marinate for a little bit. Uh, I hope he just doesn't make a, make a rash decision, but uh, I feel yeah, like we don't have like any picks. I feel like Ainge just handed the keys of the of the of the car to to Stevens, and he was like, "Don't worry, I, the, the first two hundred thousand miles were great. This, this thing's gonna run forever. Like you're you're definitely gonna get more out of this. This is this it is was fine. a concern when I was first seeing this, where Danny was leaving, where because I know we're in a difficult spot. Like there's not a lot of flexibility, and it just seems like you you know when you're you're playing a game and you just realize like, ooh, I've I've done everything I could, and there are not a lot of moves for." Uh, you know what? Uh, I gotta go. I gotta do something else. Uh, or you know, it's a video game. It's like I'm just gonna quit. It's like, ugh, I'm a little nervous about this. I, I would like to think there's a little more optimism. Like I said, where we got Jason Tatum scoring 50, 40, 30 in playoff games. Uh, Jalen Brown hopefully can come recover, come back healthy, and just rather than this year of. Uh, I think they're all stars. Like, definitely one of them, maybe both. And then turns out they both made it to. Oh no, these guys are for sure all stars. Other guys are on the fringe, the automatic, and we win the the, the games that two a team with two all stars should win. They they played but, great. Big step for them this year. It, it's there. There's noticed, a way. I think we think we both believe and are just shocked of how much of a struggle it was this year. There has to be a way for this team to play better. I I wonder if we get maybe. I, it's it's hard to get a tell on Brad Stevens. It's like trying to figure out where, what Kawhi Leonard's going to do in the summer. It, it, you have no, you have nothing to base it on, and anything you think you could base it on is fabricated. Like there's nothing there. So I don't know if we need more of a louder coach, someone a little bit more outspoken. I don't know. If, I, I can't imagine us going young again. Maybe we need an older coach, or, or maybe I don't know. I have no idea what this team needs because it doesn't make any sense why it wasn't working when you like all of the parts that are there. So- I would I would like to have whoever is representing Jason Kidd because whenever him and Jeff Van Gundy, because whenever there is a coaching vacancy with some cachet to it, they are immediately oh yep, they're in yep, 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 they're in the mix. I, I think that they, 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 they don't go to a team and go, Hey, are you interested in them? They go, Hey, are you not interested in these guys? Oh, so you're saying you're not not interested in these guys. Okay. Send it off. Send it to Woj. Nope. <laughs> they, uh, they're being considered. Uh, I, I, I initially wanted, I was like, you know what? I want, I want Brad Stevens 2.0. Take a look down in college. I want, in the next couple of weeks, surprise me. Oh, man, I didn't even know he was available. Okay, all right, here we go. But then I was talking to uh, a buddy who's a Celtics fan, and he said, we're in a different spot than we were when we got Brad to be the coach, not the GM to be the coach initially we don't really have a ton of time to be messing around with Tatum and Brown's primes so I think we need someone a little more established and can't necessarily go to that we're just going to find a diamond in the in the rough uh is are there any names that you're, you're liking I like I said nobody stands out because I don't know who wants this job also I there's a lot of nice things about it but it also seems like all right it didn't work when he did it I'm going to come in with pretty much all the same stuff and I'm going to make it work. Like that's with the guy that just did it. 
Yeah, with the guy. Your boss. With the guy that just did it is my boss now. Yes. So I, it's it's an interesting thing. I think it's going to have to be a connection with with Brad. I I can't wait for all of the college coach rumors that we're never going to get. All, all of the uh, Coach K is interested. It's like no, he's never leaving there. That's <laughs> not going to happen. Although, you know, early retirement, you know, it'd be a shame for this recruiting class coming in here. But I mean, he's an old man. Maybe we maybe we milk a couple more years out of him. <laughs> I, I have no idea though. There's not one guy that jumps out to me. There's not one guy that I wish we could get. I it, I'm a little suspect of the Van Gundys. I I think they are good coaches, but it's been a long time. I don't want. The I don't I'm want watching, Jeff Van Gundy. Jeff Van Gundy hasn't been a or hasn't been an NBA coach in years. It, I just see it, it, that does not make any sense to me. I, I don't know why he would want to want to change his role, but. Yes, he's going to games, watching he's broadcasting, so he's not out of basketball. But I think the grind to be a coach is just different, and I think it has to do a little bit with uh, Gruden, of just seeing yeah. what what he's going through. Of okay, yeah, you used to be a coach, and we all know you were a coach because you're on TV, so you seem more relevant. But it's almost similar to the, the the TNT guys, where they since they're on TV and they're talking about their their careers, it's like they were better than guys that you just don't see because it's just not in your face all the time. I don't think Van Gundy is going to want to work for Brad Stevens in his first year as a GM. Like that, that has to be something as well. You talk about bringing an experienced guy. I think one of those guys is going to have a problem with this. I mean, like I would have loved to be the GM of this team. I, I don't want to coach. I, I don't know exactly that, but one of the things that I did like was announcing this. It was quick, and then with the Coach K news later, it was, it was a little much. But the day after, we were making changes. This is happening. It, it, it almost seems like sometimes when the, the, the player doesn't get the the surgery right away, it's like, what, what were we waiting for? If we knew that this was going to happen, and I think Brad came out and said that he knew last night was his last time last time coaching, and then I guess he told his son, he's got a son that's high school age this morning, this was happening. Can you imagine as a high school kid having to go to school and like for the first three periods, not being able to tell any of your friends this like massive Boston Celtics news? It's such a big change. It's such a change. It's but now also... we, we're, we're ahead. We're ahead of the other playoff teams. Brad can start doing, uh, I'm sure you're in the meetings, but now he could be doing all of the GM things. So it's not, Ooh, we made this move two weeks before the draft and we're scrambling. Like, no, no, okay. This is the direction we're going with Danny. This is the slightly different direction we're going. Okay, we're ahead of these other playoff teams if they're looking to move on from their coach. You're, we, we're, we're, we're there. You're, you're going full Belichick philosophy here. Of every, After every Super Bowl we were in, whether we won or lost, you know, he only had X amount of time until the next season. And whenever we lost, I feel like you'd always have the attitude of, well, you just gave me more time to get ready for the next season. You know, there's a couple extra weeks, maybe a month. There's very few times we weren't super competitive late into the playoffs. But, yeah, maybe maybe we go right back to work. I, it's, I don't know what it's going to take. I, I'm going to be amazed by how it just shifts or what it changes into. And I, I, I'm not entirely convinced it's going to work. And I don't know if the coach coming in is really walking into that great of a situation. But I look across the playoffs right now, uh, moving on from Boston here, the whole playoff landscape seems to be hinging on so many injuries. And I I made, I think I might have mentioned it to you or maybe someone else about how maybe in the first round there would be something to making these games. If if you win three games, it's a sweep. If you go 3-0 rather than the full 4-0. Because it feels like half these teams aren't even surviving, and now the winners are just the survivors. They're not even really that much better. And I think every one of these cases. But if you're the Lakers, you know, you could have won more games. You could have put yourself in a better position to avoid this. You could have had more home games. And and now it's just a matter of AD versus injured AD versus injured Chris Paul and who's who's going to tough it out more and who's going to be able to stay on the floor. I, I think that's... What What was up with, uh, with LeBron leaving... With six minutes to go, basically. I I think I don't know. I I really don't know. I've never I've never seen LeBron like this before. But you know, 
do you do you think that was an acceptable move or do you think that was like a purposefully unacceptable move to like get the attention off of his teammates or to send a message to his teammates it, this isn't uh, a young superstar that didn't realize what he was doing lebron realized exactly what he was doing and i'm just wondering what the message that he was trying to send is hey maybe maybe it's what we just talked about he you think he walked off that court and he's not working on how to get ready for the next game you don't you don't think he's his mind's already racing on what i got to do here cuz nothing was going to be accomplished by sitting out there watching them lose by 30 I just, I just think he wanted to be in a better mindset of what do I got to do for the next game because sitting out here, dealing with all of this is really not going to improve this team right now. Now, I, I can't say it was the most appropriate thing to do, but, you know, we talk about qualifications to some of these coaches in the past. Are you going to go check LeBron and say, hey, man, you're not qualified to do something like this? Like, I think he's checked about every box you could imagine for this, for this basketball career here. So if this is what he feels is the right thing to do, who's going to argue with him? It's got to be the coach. It's got to be Vogel. Yeah, maybe. And because Vogel, as the as the 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 head coach, not as the team leader, they they kind of have to get together and decide. Like like I said, what was the message? Was the message, hey, I'm getting out of here. I got to let these guys know, like their effort today was unacceptable, and we're we're going to be out of the playoffs unless, like, I'm sending this message. This is what's happening, and Vogel has to say that was the right way to send the message, or that was not the right way to send the message to make sure that they're on the on the same page. I don't think AD is going to play another game in this series. I do think LeBron is going to be able to force a game seven. I don't know if he's going to be able to pull it off on his own, and maybe you get like an AD playing fifty percent. Best case scenario, I, I feel like if AD plays, he'll play for a quarter and then get hurt immediately after. And then who knows how bad that injury is and what long-term effect that has. But even if they get through this round, you really think that he's suddenly going to be okay to win an NBA championship? Like It feels like there's no way, that even if they get through this, that it's even going to be worth it. So maybe LeBron's already packing up right now. Maybe he's got his fishing pole out and you know looking for that fishing hat. He's already... I'm not sure if he's got that luxury. I don't think he does, but I, I think maybe that's where the frustration is of leaving right now, being like, I only have so many of these years left. I specifically came here with the idea of Anthony Davis coming. It worked last year. It was such a weird year last year. And then this year, they're, they kind of have an up-and-down year, very similar to Boston, where it's kind of like, why is this not working? Is it just the injuries? Is it just this? Do we play this guy? Do we play that guy? They never really figured out their whole rotation. And I think they let some of the wrong guys go. And the guys they brought back really only complement LeBron and AD. The guys they brought in don't complement just LeBron. You know what I mean? Like, there's these guys, like Marcus All, Andre Drummond, nice centers. I think they would help every team. They make this team better, but they make this team really good when you have to worry about LeBron and AD. When you only got to worry about one of them, I don't think those guys become as much of a threat or really any threat at all. And that's everybody on this team. Caruso is a great defender, but if I can focus more attention onto him, you can shut these guys down. And I think that's what you're running into. LeBron just doesn't have that ability anymore. I mean, he's still an incredible player. I, I'm talking about him like he's half the man he once was. He He's not. He's still a pretty awesome player. I just don't think he can do, you know, early Cleveland years taking a terrible team to the finals again. I don't think he can do that, and I don't think the competition can handle that right now. The Suns team is is ready to go. They they've been itching to <laughs> to do this. I feel like they they had such a good year, and they were not really rewarded by lining up with the Lakers. But maybe it was a reward. Maybe maybe it was right that we want to play the Lakers in the first round. They just won't be healthy, and this is what we're seeing. I are you expecting a game seven? No, I think it's over. Man, so what? That that changes everything for for LA too, because I feel like the window, like you said, is not as open as it once was. I'm not even sure what they would have been able to do against. I I, I just I'm gonna miss the matchups of watching them potentially play the Clippers, potentially play Brooklyn. I I'm I feel like I'm being teased by that, and we're not gonna be able to see it. Like this is the LeBron Kobe matchup we never got either of, of some of these things, but. You don't seem as disappointed to see the Lakers go. I, I guess I was oh, hoping for Oh, absolutely not. The sooner they can get out of there, the better. I was really I just really wanted to see 
the best players in the league play in a series again. And that's just it's just not gonna happen this year. Uh but speaking of things that just won't die, man. I watched the double overtime game of Portland Oof. Denver last night. Damian Lillard does not care about my bedtime. He is incredible. I I can't say enough nice things about him. I just want to say, do you know how good you have to be? Like it's amazing how good he is, and yet the Curry thing always comes up in the comparison, and it's it's unfair because they're both incredible. It almost feels like if they were in reverse situations or if one came before the other, we would feel that way about whatever came first. Or at least I think some some theories, there's some truth in that. But they're down nine in the first overtime, and I'm, I got one eye open at this point. A nine-point lead, overtime, no reason to get excited about anything. This, this game's over. They're going on to Portland. We'll, we'll talk about it another day whatever moving on but then he comes out and it's like four threes in a row I think he has 12 games in the 12 threes in the game only misses seven shots ends up with 50 plus and is just incredibly clutch and reliably clutch and not even forcefully clutch like just perfectly clutch I don't know how else to describe it is if if you haven't seen the the, the replay of this, I very much encourage you to go take a look because he scored, I think it was 22 of the final 24 points in the game. And these shots were some of the most difficult shots you could take. I mean, it's like he dribbles at three towards the guy. And then it's like a spin move, step back, fade away three. And it's not like, uh, Michael Porter Jr. is a small guy or was even really that faked out. Still, like, pretty well contested it. And it was just one after another. I don't even know what you could compare it to. I mean, I think you, you brought up Curry, and it was similar in the – it just keeps ratcheting up on the ridiculousness of it. But it was just done in, in a – it was just different. It wasn't the same as when, when Steph does it, and not in a better or worse way. It was just – Steph is – I have the ball, I've passed it, now I've ran around, and now all of a sudden I have the ball back, and now I've got you. Where Dame just seems like, I've got the ball, everybody knows, like, I'm going to shoot it. You can do whatever you want, but I'm just, I'm going to make it. And it, oh, yeah, you just, I, I can't, we're, I can't put into words the best way to describe it. You just, you have to take a look. It's just unfortunate he wasn't able to get the, the W, because it's like, oh, yeah, you had this awesome game, but. Didn't, didn't the the comfort level at the end of the game, it, it's almost like like I imagine this is this is how I would describe his comfort level. It's like Damian Lillard going into a movie theater, seeing a movie for the first time, and already knowing the ending, like with nothing to know. Like he's that confident, he's that comfortable. Like he just knows how this is gonna go. This is how this plays he, out. Well, he's he's done this before. I mean, he he didn't hit the actual buzzer beater, but he's done that before and just kept putting the team in at least a possibility that that could happen. Like you said. Falling down uh, before, uh, there's been some talk of, hey, you know, as, as Denver, they were down three. You could have avoided this by fouling. But I feel like the way Dame was running, if you tried to stick an arm in there, he was going to hit a three-pointer and hit the, the, the and one and finish the game. It just had that feeling to it of just, just let him shoot. Just let him shoot. The worst thing that can happen is you have the ball with a chance to score. And you're at least you're at least only tied. I think there's a, a difference in officiating the farther you get away from the three point line as well, versus like if you really contest a super deep shot, I almost feel like the refereeing will punish you for challenging a ridiculous shot. Like this is bad defense. You shouldn't have you shouldn't have contested it that way. But that really needs to make that needs to adjust. There needs to be a new improvement. Like the, I feel like there's still. You can't truly contest these deep shots, is what I'm saying, without fouling, without doing anything. And I don't know how you change that without just fouling. But you just hope that he misses. I, I feel like you either take your, your punishment at the free throw line or or you hope he misses. I don't know what's the better, what, what the odds are. But the efficiency of these three-point shooting right now, there there has to be, there has to be a number somewhere that can justify fouling. Of just giving him the two points, like not even letting him get in rhythm. Just 
it, right off it, the bat. We're not even fouling him like early in the shot. Right off the bat, inbound, right there, done. I think it's tough. I think it's tough to do. I think it's. E- I think it's easier said than done. It's it's also not having faith in your defense. If you're a strong defensive team and you think your team is a good defensive team, it's really a a coward way out of saying we don't think we could stop this guy. And I almost feel like that just adds fuel to the fire of the other guy who's already enormously confident. It's there's there's no winning this. You, I think you just hope he misses. I I think you and you live with it. They got the win yesterday. The Joker Jokic was awesome. I I think that's gonna go. <laughs> No, everyone's kind of forgetting about that game. We're talking about this guy at a loss, and because he was that good, he was that he was that good. Fifty-five points in a playoff game. I mean, sure, it went to double overtime, but the only reason it was going to double overtime are these ridiculous shots he was making. Yeah, all right. We got about fifteen minutes left here. We can do some fun topics, or we can do some not so fun topics. Uh, well, this is. Well, I guess it was on the more non-fun side, but how concerned are you about uh, Embiid's injury? Very. It's They're not the same team without him. They're not even kind of the same team. I mean, I don't want to compare all these guys directly right now, but like when Jalen Brown went out, it was like, all right, the Celtics, we're just not going to be able to do this. But we could still, like the Celtics still won a game without Jalen Brown. I don't know if the Sixers are going to win a game without Embiid. I think they're gonna. I think they're gonna struggle with Washington. They, they this job isn't done yet. I, I, and there's some sharks in Washington. I, I know we've talked about some inconsistency with these guys, but you don't think uh, Westbrook and Beal have their eyes on that? Smell a little blood in the water. Maybe a little bit. I mean, you they're know? down. They were down three zero. Then they 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 got the win when Embiid went out in the first quarter. They uh they're they're winning by one in the second quarter right now. God, it's it's a long. It's a long road to, uh, to to pull that off. But I I really I feel for Embiid. I some of these injuries they're not even his fault, or maybe they're I I don't even know what to blame anymore. I always feel like this guy's always trying to prove that you know he's one of the greats and that he wants to be all this and he he's trying to play more. He's trying to stay in better shape. I really think he truly gives a shit about all of that, which I don't know if we could have always said that about him. So to see an injury like this to a guy that I know really wants to be out there and truly prove how awesome he is and did not have the opportunity because everything's pretty lined up for them this year. Uh, I mean, they, they're facing Atlanta next year, next uh, series. If they're even Ooh, able just to... writing off the Knicks. Ooh, everybody, everybody in New York hear that? Uh, I mean, I think it, I did pick the Knicks in seven, but you can see the talent difference between those as well. It's just an experience thing. It's, it, you know what? You say that as if like there should be a disappointment between the the Knicks and Atlanta right now. Even if they lose this series, if you came into this season with a goal of just making the playoffs, there, there's no reason to be disappointed by losing in the first round. There's no reason. I mean, nobody picked either of these teams to be where they're at right now. I mean, did you think Atlanta was going to be better than Boston this year? Did you think the Knicks were going to be better than no, Boston this year? Definitely, definitely not. I I didn't think that. I I I think I had Atlanta as like my ten seed as like a ballsy pick and it didn't even look that ballsy halfway through when Bogdanovich got hurt. I was like, all right, that's it. That's over. They don't have a whole lot. They somehow survived that. They've had other injuries and they're kind of coming together right now. This, this Atlanta team, I would be, I might be a little fearful of them. Is they got this Trey young guy who I is constantly going to be called the poor man's Curry, which is not a good, we need it. We need something else. I don't, I don't, I don't like constantly doing all that, but I mean, that's, I think he has that it factor that he can truly control a series, and you're watching that in New York right now where this guy's just got – he's the best player on the floor, and you can see that. And in every way he impacts the floor, it's because – the game is because he's on the floor. He's just that much better. The Knicks don't quite have that guy. And a lot of teams don't have that guy. No. I mean, he might be able to get away with it against the, against the Knicks. He's too small. You know, so's Dame. So's Curry. It's, it just feels like we don't want to give Trey credit. But you know what? That's fine. He doesn't want us to give him credit. He wants to be the villain. Let him be the villain. That's that's it's good for him and it's good for us. It's good entertainment. He's gonna prove us I, wrong. You, Keep counting him you, out. You've seen how Steph at MVP peak of his powers has struggled with going against the Cavs and LeBron saying, 
I am LeBron James. I'm going to put you in a pick and roll. So now you have to guard me. And Steph is two inches taller than Trey is. And for sure, Trey wouldn't have to go against necessarily LeBron. But I think uh, I'm not sure if it's necessarily a better coach team or when it gets into situations of against better better players, they're going to do the exact same thing of whether it's a Durant that is just going to say, I'm going to put you into a switch and then you're going to have to double team me because otherwise I am a foot taller than you and I'm going to shoot over you because you can't even get near the ball or someone's uh, like Harden is just going to say, good luck. I'm going to forearm you to the ground as I go up for a shot. So technically it's a shot and you fouled me, but I'm shoving you to the ground, just like you did to Evan Fournier that whole last series. I just think he's too small. He's not going to be able I think it's going to be a liability. That seems like the predictable thing we've been saying about Trey since day one. At, and yet he's still here. Look at what here. we've seen from, uh, from, from Kemba. And Kemba's older, but I think it's just going to be a similar situation of what we live of. Kind of works in the regular season. You can definitely get hot, but as soon as you get to where it's like actual – playoffs we're no longer messing around it's just it's not gonna work so you would not want to build your franchise around trey young no what about uh bogdanovich there well bogdanovich he's, he's a little taller now we're talking no, no, no i'm saying would you want to build your franchise around him because he's had moments of these playoffs and even just in the season where it was like hey even in sacramento last year just a lot of a lot of points, a lot of playmaking, a lot of underrated skill. I, I think even defenders that are scouting him are, are still underestimating a lot of his skill sets. I, I feel like I still am. That's that's kind of why I'm saying this. He's, he's been very impressive, Re- really smart player, good size, uh, can do a little bit of everything. He's, uh, he's feisty. I mean, I feel like you can you can throw that argument out there of like, would you build your team around Trey Young? And it's like, okay, here's why I would or wouldn't. He, he's been an all star as a young guy, but uh, I mean, Bogdan's 28, and I don't think anybody's having that conversation. Like, why? Why are you not? How did you? How did you get to the situation where that's who your option is? Yeah, I don't know. I just wonder what he would be like in Milwaukee right now with Drew Holiday if if that had gone through. That's a that's a focused team over there. I would not want to face them going forward. I I wonder how much defense is going to matter at all going forward. Because I think we only have maybe with Embiid out. I I mean Philly's still a good defense with Simmons and and, and Thibel. I I think those are really really unique defenders that can shut down guys. They're going to have fun with Trey Young in the next round if if they're all able fortunate to advance. A lot of assumptions here, but I look at Milwaukee as being this kind of dominant defensive team. They got a whole bunch of guys that could switch on to all that. And I just, is any of that even going to matter? Because the firepower across the league just just seems crazy. I'm watching Dame last night just hit threes like no tomorrow. I, I don't know. I don't know. I feel like they're the only team left that plays defense outside of maybe Utah. And even Utah has, has had some, some nights where it's like, wait a minute, John Morant can just jump in the air and throw his body in here. And that's that's how you score on these guys. And it's not working all the time, but I think they, uh, I, I think, think the Nets set the, the the record this year for offensive efficiency and set the record for I think it's like has the best offensive efficiency in a in a series in like the past twenty five years. And I I could see it I, for sure the Celtics are missing well for most of it we're missing two to three of their of their starters. So you got guys out there that are. Out way beyond their, uh, their their skis to begin with, but still, it's like you see someone doing the best. You see Grant Williams doing the best he can on uh, Durant and forces him to pass it. It's like, okay, good. And it's like, oh, well, he just gave it to Harden and Fournier's Garden Garden Harden, and oh no, it's just constant fire drills. And then it's even the non-stars. It's a, uh, uh, I'm blanking on his name, three-point shooter. Of just, well, you can't leave him open. So I think that uh, it's definitely going to be difficult going forward. Of course, throw in Blake Griffin in the mix. Do you do you think they're going to change the uh, the buyout rules going forward? Uh, no, I don't because it feels like these guys make a big difference, but they really don't. It's unfair. I get that, but I don't think I. I think this Brooklyn team would have been really good 
even without him. I, I don't know how much. I mean, maybe we would have seen we would have seen DeAndre Jordan play a little bit more, and that would have been, you know, that would have been what we think it is. That's there's a reason he's not out there right now. I, I don't think it's gonna change. I really don't. I mean, who's the last guy that was a buyout that really was like, oh man, they wouldn't have won the championship without him, or they wouldn't have won the series without him? I, they, Blake's playing well and 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 good, and he, I I still think the the year Portland or not Portland, Detroit, the Pistons made the playoffs with him. I thought he was pretty good that year. I I, I thought he yeah. was really really good that year. He was injured all of the last. He year. He tried. He was hurt. He tried to fu- to fight through it. And and now everyone's like shocked that he's like a competent player. It's like no, this guy has really developed a lot of skills. His ball handling's better. His shooting is a lot better. He's not jumping out of the gym, but he's not like a small guy, and he's not uncoordinated. He's he's a little goofy on some stuff, but I think that was much more of just kind of the. The athleticism he had to begin with, you know, he's a little clunky. When was the last time DeAndre Jordan played in a basketball game? No idea, but he's loving life. I can though. I can get what you're saying of it doesn't change you from a uh, a championship contender to you're not going to make the playoffs. But to say that Blake Griffin isn't having a super positive impact, it just I, I don't I don't know how how you, how you could say that. And I'm just thinking more uh, like when Detroit signed this guy, they probably would have liked to to see this. I don't think so. I think Detroit was trying to rebuild from the get-go. Otherwise, they would have done this. I really think they would have. I don't think I, I don't think Blake was intentionally playing poorly to get waived. I think they would have waived him even if he was playing well. They they weren't going to build around I, him. I th- yeah, I, I think I think it got all into uh, into him wanting out them. Also wanting to tank, so it can it became mutually beneficial for it for it to happen for for them. But for these other East teams, you're looking at it going, oh, oh, good. Now the Nets also have Blake Griffin. Yeah, it, it, they were supposed to have Aldridge as well. I think we're forgetting that storyline. Now Aldridge, I think, True. would have had more of an impact than Blake even because now you have a low post shooter. Which is kind of a, and he could shoot the three, I think, wide open. I, I would confidently, I might even pick Aldridge as a three point shooter over Blake Griffin. I think that's, that's safe to bet. And I think that just gives him another guy that could score from all over the floor. And if you give him time, which he's going to get time with all these guys helping on, focusing on the other guys, I, I just think that would have been more of a lethal addition than, uh, than Blake Griffin was. I, I just think it's, 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 it's goofy. So how in the past how, how would you mean fix it? it uh you you can change teams you you can get bought out but you can't play in the playoffs oh that's interesting <laughs> can you play in the so playing you're still, game? you're still you're still gonna get paid so if you wanna if you wanna get rid of this team how what's ever happening cool uh and then if you just don't wanna don't wanna play anymore you you can go that you know you, you're still gonna get paid your money that that's cool and then if you're like Hey, no, I, I really, uh, it's not just a money situation. I, I would also, I, I want to play. You, you could sign, and you can even sign with a, um, with a playoff team. It's just like once the playoffs come around, you can't. You, you as that team don't get the advantage. That it, it, just, it just seems like a loophole. I don't think it's as calculated of a loophole as as it looks to be, and I don't think these are really changing it. I mean, if Blake had gone somewhere else, are we even having the conversation? If he's playing the way he is on a on a Eastern or on a championship contender, I think we are. Yeah, maybe, maybe. I I think he's looking better because his teammates are good. I mean, there's so much attention on everyone else. How can there not be? How can you not be constantly worried it, about? It definitely, I, I, and I, I agree with you. But your what you said of well, they have to play DeAndre Jordan more is just oh, well that's that's a big drop down. Well, defensively, I think Blake will get picked on as the rounds go on. Also, I don't, <laughs> I don't, do you really? I don't think Blake will be healthy by the end of the by the finals. So maybe, maybe he'll fade out anyways. I mean, I haven't seen him well, survive. I, how many? I don't want to. I, I think that that's just a comes back to the luck factor. I mean, we're seeing a seeing a ton of injuries, so I, I hope that doesn't happen. Do you? 
<laughs> I feel no, like I don't, the, I don't want people to get hurt. I don't I, want I'm people. gonna be watching the I'm gonna be watching these games, so I'd rather see see better basketball because the players that are supposed to be there are healthy are healthy. All right, we're, we've hit the hour mark here. Any hot takes on on any teams remaining in the playoffs right now? I I've already called the the Knicks are gonna lose. Is there is there a team you want to get behind right now to be like, hey, I'm picking this. This is what's gonna happen. You you sound pretty confident about the Suns. Uh, I, it's not a confidence on the Suns. It's just a opposite confidence in the Lakers. And I, I'm on the I'm on the Suns bandwagon for for this series because I I don't want the Lakers or LeBron to move on. All right. Yeah, I I think uh, this is gonna sound crazy. Ed Simmons mentioned this earlier in the the podcast it's is it is it impossible to see atlanta beating philly without Embiid? like is that i I know we're getting ahead of ourselves that's very much the next podcast we'll talk about this next week is that is that crazy like our like a week from now when this game actually plays and atlanta gets swept are you going to be laughing at me or when game seven (laughs) comes around am i gonna be like hey man they got a shot like in train a game seven i i still think having a competent offense is is going to be huge. I just wonder how how Philly's going to be able to punish them on defense because they don't match up very well. And, but if Philly can't score, it just feels like if you can score, you've got a really good shot at winning this game in, in today's game. It doesn't really feel like the focus should be on stopping anybody. I, I, I don't think it should be shocking that Atlanta would have a shot when a team, you know, the Sixers, that they're missing – an all NBA player. It, 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 there, there's a reason they were good. It's because they had really good players. If you take away the really good players, the team is less good. Yeah, this feels like this feels like kind of like what Boston's history has been like with our unusual success, I'll say. There were I feel like there were certain matchups very much like this, where it's like, oh, all right, we get to play these guys second round like this now. All right, yeah, bring bring that on. Let's let's do that. Well, we'll we wouldn't have signed up for the other one, but this one, yeah, we we can, we can, you know, we'll throw our hat in the ring for this. This is this. Do you remember exciting. big, big injuries? I feel like we avoided certain teams in certain brackets, and it was just, it was just the way it all played out. I don't know. We I mean, for sure, like, injuries happen happen all the time, and it's way easier because I would be biased the other way. But I definitely don't remember a, ooh, this injury happened, and then that was like really to our, our advantage. I, I just feel like our expectations were so low and we go to the Eastern conference finals. Tatum's been there. What? Three, four times now out of five three. years, three out of five years, I think three out of four three years, out of four, three out of four. Like that's, Oh, excuse me. No, no, it would be three out of five. Cause now <laughs> we're not making it this year. That's pretty locked in stone. Yeah. Well, well, big changes coming up. Are you, are you worried about what the day we have to talk about Bill Belichick's retirement? Like, is is that? Yes, because he is not young, and I was really concerned about a trifecta situation. But glad that uh, Massachusetts and really the country in general is opening back up. So you uh, you were opening the restaurant up yesterday, so we delayed the podcast by a day because it's way better to do this the day of than to do it basically a week late. Yeah, we would have missed out on all the news we heard today, too. So, good thing we did that. That worked out. It's uh, Lucked out there. <laughs> yeah, maybe we did luck out. I, I, I'm not ready to live in a world with, with this Coach K adjustment. This is going to be weird. Are you Have you considered at all changing your fandom? Because the coach is such an attachment. No. That has not come across. Not even a not little bit? at all. Because I, no. I already threw it out there. When Bayheim retires, I, I want to be... I want to be playing the field a little bit. I, I don't know. I feel like that was my commitment was to that guy running that organization, and he's not there anymore. Like, if, like if he retires and they don't play zone anymore, I, I should be totally allowed to jump ship, right? Like, that should be fair I think we, we said we, you, were, you were allowed, so I guess I would be allowed, but I'm, I'm closing I'm, I'm closing the recruiting process already. Oh, I, I don't know. I think I think we need to. I'm, I'm in the brotherhood, Will. You just don't leave the brotherhood willy-nilly. That's not how the brotherhood works. Uh, I don't know. We're, we're going to send some recruits your way. See see if we can entice you to somewhere else. I don't even know what, where uh, to steer you, though. I, I've 
because I'm wondering I've been, how you're going to try to recruit well, me. Well, the, the reason I don't want to steer you anywhere is because I'm anticipating Bayheim's news is coming just around the corner. So, like, I might want that team. Now, I feel like there's two of us competing for a team, and I may want to just make my my move what? first. I'll, Why I'll couldn't we root for the same team? That that wouldn't be healthy. <laughs> <laughs> we already root for I the Celtics together. I think it's worse when we're fans of the same team because then it's you constantly not liking some about the Celtics and me having to argue for the Celtics. I can't do that with college, too. Yeah, I don't care that much about college. Bunch of amateurs. What do they know? Uh, all right, that's it for us today. Well, we'll be back hopefully on our normal schedule next week. Uh, thank you, as always, for listening. Listen to us on Spotify and our Facebook page, else, uh, Little Column A, Little Column B. Anything else to add? It was a, uh, a long Celtic season, even though it was a shortened year. But uh, look forward to the uh, to the off season, finding out what uh, Brad's got up his sleeve as a GM and who we're going to have for a coach. So I think that the uh, next year is going to be a lot more fun. We'll be back. Well, little column A, little column B.